Well, good morning. I'm so glad that you're here, and those that are watching online, welcome. Hey, I do want to let everybody know that Lana had a beautiful baby girl this week. So, uh, so Lana and uh, Caesar are are with that new baby, and uh, I just love babies. Yeah. So, hey, I want to talk to you this morning about something that impacts all of our lives, every single one of us. Whether you know it or not, uh, you have people in your life that you have followed. I remember when I was a, a young, young boy, nine, my, uh, my father had passed away, and nobody was taking care of our backyard, so it grew. And uh, yes, grass does grow in Arizona. Uh, but my, fa- my grandfather came over and he was mowing the yard and, and I have this vivid memory of when he was mowing the yard I was able to follow in the path where the lawnmower had been you ever do that when you're a kid it was just so, so neat and here in Florida you, you have like a chance to do that twice a week uh, and it's amazing but I remember walking in uh, in that circle and it and it dawned on me it hit me my 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 uh, grandfather he mowed the perimeter and then he mowed side to side so he'd have enough room on each side to turn his lawnmower around and i realized that i mow just like he does isn't that crazy when i when i got out of high school Man, freedom, praise God. Um, I decided I wanted to go to Barber College. You didn't know that, did you? Yes, I went to the Arkansas School of Barbering and Hair Design. Yes, and the reason why I wanted to be a barber is because my dad had been a barber. And when I was a real little kid, he had his own barbershop, him and another guy. And, and uh, I remember going in and, and, and uh, sitting down and, you know, waiting for my, my, hair, my turn to get a haircut. And had all these comic books and stuff. And, and I got to read those. And then they had a, a soda machine and it had knee-high grape soda. Whew. Oh, it was great. But, but I wanted to go to barber college not because i had this huge amazing passion about styling hair but because i wanted to know him and follow in his steps i didn't really get to know my dad so so and 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 i didn't at the time please understand i didn't at the time think oh i want to be like my dad so i want to go do this there was just a passion and a drive for for me to understand this man that i never knew that i heard most uh of the things i knew about were stories that other people told me and i wanted to connect with him i look back now and i realize that the reason why i i chose that vocation and the reason why i went that direction was because i was seeking for a connection with my dad. And it's amazing that, that when you look at uh, young men and women, and, and most of the time those that have been adopted love their adopted families. 
They love their adopted mother and their adopted father. But there's just something in most of those young men and women that wonder why their parents didn't want them. And somewhere in their life, and most of their lives, they have a search to find that person. Most of the time they realize that that, that person, though they may have changed and they were okay, they, they soon discover that their true parents are the ones that adopted them and loved them and cared for them and nourished them. And there's a stronger bond afterward than there was before. But it's, it's interesting that, that children want to follow in the, in the path that is set by their parents. And, and whether we do or not, that, that path of life, that emotional path of life or that, or that spiritual path of life, if you are a parent today, you are blazing a trail for your children, whether you want to or not. Really used to love watching Charles Barkley play basketball. Because he just learned to adapt the older he got. He just started uh, changing his game. And he was really good at it. But he said something once that I, that, and if you know him, he, he talks a lot. But one of the things I wholeheartedly disagree with was he said once that he was not a role model. He was trying to explain that he didn't want to be a role model. He didn't want to, to have kids look up to him. He was trying to explain, don't look uh, to me to be a role model. But the reality is, whether he wanted to or not, just by who he was and what he did, he was a role model. And as you and I, we have the, the, the great opportunity to be a role model. You are a role model today to those that you work with, those in your family, those uh, your, your, your spouse, in anybody and everybody that's around you in your circle of influence, your oikos, your, 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 your circle of family and friends. You can play a significant role in their lives, and they play a role in yours. Because whether we want to or not, we are role models. So the only choice we really have is, are we going to be a good one? Or are we going to be a bad one? And that's the choice we have. And in the book of Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. And he's laying out this passionate uh, understanding of who we are in Christ, our identity with the Father. I don't know about you, but when I started going to church, I really wanted to connect with God. Many of us came to God because we were afraid to go to hell. You remember that? Remember that feeling? I still have it every once in a while. Uh, then I have to wait, no, wait, wait a minute. I know what the Word of God says. But, but the thing is, with that, you, you get, you come to the Lord, some of us because we loved Him, some of us because we appreciated what He did for us, some of us because we just heard uh, 
a, store, uh, a sermon on hell, or we saw a distant thunder or a thief in the night, then we were terrified and we made our way to an altar and we gave our lives to Christ. But nobody ever serves God out of fear. You may come to him out of fear, but you're going to serve him out of love. And there's this desire as you start walking with God to know him. Just as we want to know our parents, we want to know those, that are, those role models around us, there is something within us. There's as deep calls to deep, as the, as the Word of God says, there is something within the human body, the human condition, that cries out to understand and know their Creator. It's in you, and it's in me. And Paul is addressing this, this passion, this drive, this urge to know God and to know Him well. And in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, if, if you would put that on the screen, this is what Paul says. He says, follow God's example. I like that. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Did you know that you're dearly loved? That's not as dearly loved children like, oh, look what all the stuff I'm doing so God will love me. That's not what he's saying. He's saying follow God's example because he dearly loves you. Does that rock your world a little bit? That the creator of the heavens and the earth loves you. Paul is saying, follow God's example. Follow his pattern. Follow his path. He has a path for us. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Walk in the path the Father has laid out before us. The Father has charted this path. But before we can follow His path, we have to get off the path of our own. This is what Ephesians 4, 31, 32. Look at, because in, in the other translation it says, therefore be imitators of God. In Ephesians 1, the, that word therefore means considering everything that was said before. He said, number one, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, in Christ, God forgave you. Isn't that an amazing thing? That, that we have to stop walking one path, if we want to follow the path that God has set before us. We have to get rid of, Scripture says, bitterness. That's, a, that's bitter feelings. It's the bitter root that produces bitter fruit. You ever, you ever gone by a, an apple tree or another tree or, or, Lord forbid, a persimmon tree? Yes, some of you have. Uh, and you've taken that fruit and you thought it was going to taste one way and you bit into it and it was just as bitter as bitter can be. 
Paul is saying we have to get rid of bitterness. That we can't be bitter toward other people. That if you really want to follow the path that, that God, who loves us and cares for us, we have to get rid of all, everything that produces bitterness in our lives. Resentment, frustration, anxiety. Is there someone in your life that when you think of, you think, hmm, Saying you have to get rid of that. You have to get rid of wrath. Wrath is anger. It's heat. It's passion. It's, it's, that, it's that, that, that spur of the moment when somebody says something or does something. It's like you blow up and you have to have vengeance right then. And you have to say your, your, your peace. Paul said if you really want to follow the path of God. You have to relinquish wrath. You can't blow up. You can't just burst into anger and say whatever you want and then ask for forgiveness later. There's something about following after God's path that He has set for us. Keep in mind that we are the children whom He loves so much. And He's saying, I want the very best for you. I have charted a course. I have prepared a path. I have mowed the yard and that you can easily walk in the path. You can see it, but if to follow my path, you have to let go of bitterness. You have to let go of wrath. You cannot allow your anger to get the best of you. And he said, you have to get rid of anger. That's just retribution. Revenge. Revenge. Somebody does something, you're going to get them back. When I taught school I preferred to teach boys over girls being a dad of three girls uh, love girls I live in a house full of girls uh, I get that I understand that but when guys get upset with each other they go hit each other and then they go play basketball you get mad, you hit somebody, and you understand the pecking order. Who you can beat up, who can beat you up. Life's good. It just happens. Girls, on the other hand, and if I was Southern, I'd say bless your heart. Um, when they get into a fight, they choose sides, and they go and get everybody to be on their side. This is junior high girls. We have to get to the place that we cannot have revenge. Well, you know, Pastor, you don't know what that person said to me. You don't know what that person did to me. As a dearly loved child of God, Paul is writing to us and he said, if you really want to, if you really want to follow the path that God has set before you, you have to get rid of wrath and anger and Revenge and clamor. I love that word, clamor. It just simply means crying, declaring how you were wronged. It doesn't say that you weren't wronged. It just says that you don't go around telling everybody how you were wronged. 
Notice, notice there is a similar path in all of these. Slander, speaking against others, injuring another person's name. And malice, which is ill will, intent to harm. That you, that you set out that you're going to get this person. Because of what they did to you. Paul is saying, listen, if you really want to follow the path that, that God who loves you with a passion that you will never even comprehend. If you want to follow his path, then you have to get rid of the bitterness and the wrath and the anger and the clamor and the slander and the malice. And when you remove all of that, he said, then, then you can follow the path of God. And the path of God is being kind to one another. Isn't that interesting? It simply means that kindness there, it means fit for use. Be kind to one another. Be useful. How are you useful? In lifting up and edifying and building up and encouraging and strengthening other children of God who God loves with great passion. And you say, well, pastor, that's really easy. Well, I would love to have your solution. But being useful to others. Notice it doesn't say being useful to others that haven't slandered you or spoke ill will of you or that haven't blown up. Just simply saying in response to all of these, lay them aside and be useful to other people. Be tender-hearted. I like that tender-hearted guys we could use a lot of that growing up in a house full of women i would say that that girls have an edge on us and being tender-hearted that just simply means compassion 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 is love that is motivated to act that it, it, the word that they use for tender-hearted is, is a strong move within your, your bowels, your, your, your intestines, because what what they, they believe that the, the seat of all emotions was right here. Have you ever been so, so moved that, you're, that your insides just, oh. And that's what, that's what he is saying, that, that if you want to follow the path that God has set before us, that you need to be fit for use, you need to love others, but, but you need to have compassion to be tender-hearted, that when you see somebody hurting, that you are willing to say, I need to help them, not because they deserve it, not because of all the good things they did to me, but because they're a child of God, because God loves them, and because there's something in me that, that is so moved that, that I want to bless somebody else. This path that the Lord has set before us of, of being loving and, 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 and tender-hearted and forgiving. Forgiving. 
pardoning. Pardoning. You know what a pardon is? That's when somebody's guilty and you let them go. Pardoning. That's one of my favorite words in French. Pardon. I always say it wrong and they always say, oh, you're American. Uh, But excuse me. Pardon. Graciously restoring other people. Don't you love the story of the Samaritan? The good Samaritan where Jesus is speaking to the to the Pharisees and he's talking about and the scribe and the priest they were too busy because they didn't have a tender heart they didn't they they didn't have compassion they weren't moved with love to help their fellow man but a Samaritan somebody that everybody despised that came by and and do you think that Jesus has used the example of a Samaritan just because Jesus was trying to illustrate a point. You say, well, he must have really hated those Pharisees. No. Everywhere Jesus went, the very first place he went was to the synagogue. Jesus loved the Pharisees. You say, but he spoke harshly to them. He spoke harshly to them, but he spoke the truth. Uh, because of his unwavering love for them. See, love, loving somebody is not just letting them do what they want to do. Sometimes love is telling them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Love. 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 Compassion. The, the trail that God has set before us is to be loving, to be useful, to be tender-hearted, to be forgiving, to pardon, to graciously restore other people. Ephesians 5.8 says this, if you have your Bible, look at it. It says, in this same passage, Paul is going on, he says, For you were once darkness. Do you realize that bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice... They, they are all done in darkness of mind and spirit. That you really can't see what, what you're doing. People that are so wrapped up in anger, sometimes they, they get so, so full of, of anger and so full of unforgiveness that they cannot see the path that God has for them. He says, for you were once darkness, but now you're the light in the Lord. And he says, live as children of light. See, our identity will determine our path. Whether you're a child of darkness or a child of light. Whether you're going to live life in the darkness of your own emotions and and emotional response or you're going to walk in the light of the love of God. See, the path that God has set before us is love. Love. It's hard. It's hard when we're trying to walk on our own path because our own path goes one way. God's path always goes another. 
love. And you say, well, Pastor, why are you, why are you speaking on this? For one, uh, I'm not speaking to you because you, you already have this down. We're speaking to somebody online. Where God is taking us. And we are on a journey. Where God is taking this church is going to require all of us, me and you, to lay down wrath and anger and malice and bitterness and resentfulness and ill will and, and hurt. But pastor, I'm so hurt. I don't see where the Lord says you can keep that and still follow Him. You lay it all down and you follow the path of love and compassion, tenderheartedness and forgiveness. And the only way to do that is to get your eyes on Him. How do, how do we get our eyes on Him? goes back to Ephesians verse 2, 1 and two, verse 2. Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back if they would. Think about what Christ did. I, I would, I know I have very, I have several favorite passages, but one of my very favorite passages in Scripture, one that helps me connect with Christ, to help me understand Him, to experience who He is, is found in, in Ephesians, is in Philippians two. It says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the very nature of God did not think it was robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself, don't you love that? Made himself of no reputation. Let me, let me put it in, in simple English. He is God and divested himself of all the attributes of God and became man. Not just any man, but a man born in a small cave, in a manger, and was laid in a feeding trough. No reputation. And this young baby that was born by the miraculous conception. God in flesh said humanity cannot get away from malice and bitterness and envy and anger all on their own. They're going to have need of a redeemer somebody that can 
blaze the trail that can march before them. And Christ is that one that came and lived among us. Notice that as Christ, he, he always said, it's the Spirit that's doing the work in me, and I don't know what's going to happen, but the Father knows what's going to happen. And the reason why God, uh, Christ said that is because he had laid down those attributes, and he walked as a human being, and yet without sin. He walked in perfect love. He walked in perfect compassion. Because when you look at the miraculous events of Christ, almost every single time it's recorded, and Jesus, being moved with compassion, healed the sick and raised the dead and touched blind eyes. He walked this trail of love and compassion and forgiveness. Woman, where are your accusers? Well, there are none, Lord. Well, neither do I accuse you. Just don't sin anymore. You say, I really want to know the Lord. Follow in his steps. If you follow in his steps, you're going to find a relationship with him that's based on amazing love that you will no longer need to have resentment or 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 retribution or or have ill will toward anybody you can lay them down for the majesty of knowing Jesus the path is there when we lay aside our ways and we follow in his steps I'm going to ask those that are going to help me with communion to please come. Scripture says on the night that that Jesus uh, was betrayed, he broke bread and said and, and shared. And the wine, he said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. That broken bread that you're that you're getting ready to partake symbolizes let me say it again it symbolizes it's not the body of Christ but it symbolizes what Christ went through for you and I and what did he go through a mock trial you ever been accused of something you did not do doesn't it fury infuriate you it's like oh how could they do that And yet, Christ said not a word. He went through a scourge, a beating, 39 stripes, a crown of thorns on his head. Having to carry his own cross up the hill and then laying down on it and and being pierced in his hands and his feet. And yet, 
while there, Christ says something amazing. He doesn't say, God, get them. Look what they're doing to me. He says, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. When we partake of this bread and this cup, we're remembering the amazing love that God has for us through giving Jesus Christ a living sacrifice so that you and I can have the glorious opportunity to understand and know our Heavenly Father and walk in the path that He has set for us. Would you stand with me? If you're here today, and you're struggling with some feelings that you know aren't of the Lord, I want to encourage you to lay them down. Just lay them down. Just here they are. If it's by a family member or by a co-worker or whatever it may be, just lay them down. Remember what the Lord did. Ask Him to forgive you and ask Him to help you walk in the path of love, compassion and tenderheartedness and forgiveness. And my friends, that's where life is truly found. That's where light that you can see what life is. It's found following in His steps.